0: Welcome to Accountability Talks with AGA. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. Today, we'll be speaking about the future of audit. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today, we're speaking with Andrew Lewis and Heidi Williams for KPNG about the future of audit. So good morning. Good morning. morning. All right, well, why don't we just start off, uh, if you guys introduce yourselves, why don't we start with Andrew? Sure.
1: Well, thanks, Paul, and and before we get started, I really want to thank you very much for what you're doing here with the podcast. This is just tremendous, uh, and a tremendous gift back to the AGA. You truly are one of the uh, unsung (laughs) heroes that makes AGA such a great organization.
0: I appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm
1: Andrew Lewis. I'm a partner with KPMG. I work in our audit practice, Mm -hmm. and I've been working with federal government agencies for over 20 years, helping to perform audits on behalf of the Inspector General community. And, and I got to tell you, I was really lucky early on in my career to come across not only KPMG, but also the federal financial management community, and I, I just absolutely adore what we do in helping to be able to improve the government and, and helping to be able to provide our insights to help the government operate just a little bit more efficiently and effectively every day. Great. Hi.
2: Yes, good morning. Uh, My name is Heidi Williams, and I'm a senior manager here in our audit practice. Um, And I've served federal clients for over 11 years. Um, And I also uh, help lead the role of data and analytics within our practice and how best to um, address that within the audit realm and with our federal clients.
0: Great. Okay. Well, you know, as I say, only only constant is change. So (laughs) things are always changing. Um, Audit audit changes as well as everything else so i I think we wanted to dive in a few topics today um kind of you know what do you all see as um kind of the future of audit as far as the scope of the work as far as the technologies and the skill sets so maybe let's start off with um kind of the scope how are things changing what new laws what new technologies are emerging out there
1: well sure Uh, there's a lot going on in audit and as you said change certainly is a is a is across everything that we see and do every day, and and audits aren't excluded from that by any means. I'm really excited about some of the things that are going on within government and some of the transformation that we're seeing in financial management. Uh, One of the things that we're, of course, seeing is is the role of government transparency. Mm -hmm. That's such a critical responsibility that we all have to make sure that we're doing everything we can to be able to get the information that's timely, accurate, and reliable in the hands of decision makers, in the hands of stakeholders, in the hands of industry groups, and ultimately in the hands of citizens. So the role of audits is pretty important to make sure that as that information is being made available to individuals across a multitude of different uh, mechanisms or different channels, we need to make sure that it's accurate. We need to make sure that it's reliable. We need to make sure that the data that's being provided is of the highest integrity and of the highest reliability so some of the things mm-hmm. that we're seeing are things like obviously a couple of years ago with the implementation of the data act right that certainly started us down a path um, or continued us really down a path of uh, making more information available outside of traditional financial statement reporting and, and you know that traditional financial statement reporting still maintains uh, a role of of really serving as the critical foundation mm-hmm. of financial management and financial reporting but we're seeing a lot going on with additional transparency, as well as then, I'm excited about some of the things going on with new laws like the Foundations for Evidence-Based Policymaking Act. Uh, that's sure is a mouthful. Mm-hmm. We gotta figure out a better acronym for that <laughs> one. But uh, you know, certainly with the, as I'm hearing people call the Foundations Act, that's really critical, I think, also in standing up chief uh, data officers across the federal government, mm-hmm. and really looking at the critical role of non-financial information, like performance information, and there certainly is a role for auditors in helping agencies and organizations make sure that the information, whether it be financial or non-financial, is the right information that's being reported. Heidi?
2: Yes, I would agree. I think um, it's a a fact that is impacting lots of people and, and the roles that auditors can participate in that is um, often providing insight to mm-hmm. the uh, the community. Um, we have background, we have exposure to multiple um, clients, multiple portfolios and can provide more than just a sample of one for the one example. So we are getting a lot of exposure to it and seeing how the different um, agencies and departments are handling it and can provide some of that insight to mm-hmm. help um, work with them through the process because it definitely is a changing environment and we all need to adapt and consider it together, so how best can we support that um, and kind of work hand-in-hand to better understand the data as well as provide that reliability to the community. Mm
0: -hmm. Right, so I mean, some things never change. I mean, you're always gonna need controls in place, you're gonna need policies, procedures, you know, a documented, you know, that, that that's never going to change. But the scope of what's in there, or the type of controls, maybe, or whether they're automa- automated versus manual. That keeps on changing, right?
1: Well, certainly, Paul. I, and and where I think you were going with your question is really about the role of the technology is transforming the office of the CFO, mm-hmm. and really the the entire federal government and its internal operations. And we're certainly seeing it at KPMG. We're seeing it from our vantage point as as auditors. I can tell you I'm, I'm really excited and, and certainly impressed with some of the ways that a number of federal government agencies have, embra- have embraced the role of technology. And, and outside of even federal government agencies, the community that Heidi and I work directly in, I've also seen and, and read a lot about some of the real technology transformation that's going on in the state and local government agencies hmm. as well, too. So, you know, all of us, all of the public, uh, public sector CFO community we're really looking at the way that technology can enhance can improve and can help to make things more efficient But at the same time you certainly need the voice of auditors in that conversation Because auditors can help to identify where there may be unknown risks or may help to be able to unlock insights into um, Things you may not be thinking about as you're looking to develop or you're looking to implement or leverage and use financial information or new technologies in the financial reporting process. It's, it's I think, certainly important that as CFOs move forward in their work that auditors are an important part of that conversation because they have a really important voice and an important insight that is is important to have around the table. Right.
2: Yeah, and I think a key part of that is um, having the discussions early on there's you know lots of things that's new for people as Andrew said if it's insight we can provide or even just discussing what are some of the hurdles that can be um, dealt with what are some of the thoughts that they have on their mind and we can give that audit perspective mm-hmm. um, you know it is very important to ensure those controls are in place and that um, the right protocols are being followed uh, and we can you know definitely bring insight into that and and discuss what that journey is together because it definitely is evolving um, there's standard settings that that are happening at you know all different levels and take different uh, amounts of time and the more insight we can uh, discuss and, and kind of do that process together, I think just assists in um, us all being transparent as well as just working through the, the problems and the process together.
0: Right. So, so go back to the actual scope of, of the audit. So, let's a couple things. I want to talk a little bit about technology, but also just about some of the new you know, laws and regs out there, um, relatively new. So, I mean, going back to something like Data Act. Sure. I mean, so if you have your standard federal financial statement audit. There's certain procedures and things you're doing. Things like the Data Act, though, is that, I understand it's in there, separate audits sometimes for, for Data Act, like Data Act audits or audits of other types of information that aren't necessarily just the federal financial statement information. I mean, how does that break out?
1: Uh, sure. So the Data Act and the information and a lot of the information that's reported out in the Data Act often originates or comes from the same source records that are subjected to the audits of the financial statements. Sure. So there's a lot of organizations, federal agencies, that have approached the Data Act as just a, an added report or an additional step mm-hmm. in the financial statement audit process. Okay. But it, there's been a lot of learning yeah. along the way, w- certainly within the CFO community as they've learned and figured out how to be able to report under the Data Act. But at the same time, the audit community has also learned a lot as well Mm -hmm. about how to be able to structure uh, an audit, how to be able to structure the scope of an audit to be able to achieve a consistent outcome across government. And GAO and the the IG community have been working really closely together uh, to make sure that there's uh, uh, a number of different guidance and playbooks that are provided to the audit community to make sure that those audits are done consistently. But at the end of the day, it's financial information. The financial information, whether it's originating from inside the federal agency, or it's linked up with information that might be coming from Mm -hmm. um, uh, any multitude of different agencies that the organizations work with, whether it be Treasury or GSA, um, making sure that that information is accurate and reliable is, is the cornerstone of what we do in the financial audit, financial statement audit, as well as, of course, what we do in the Data Act. The Data Act has a lot more attributes than are included within a financial statement audit. So checking and making sure that all those attributes, uh, things like uh, place of performance, um, are things that wouldn't necessarily flow into the financial statements, but are things that the auditors can certainly look at because they're looking at the same source records.
0: So right.
1: Well, test that's, once and report twice
0: right well because you know say citizens or companies or whoever you think they're going on to usa spending or you know some of these transparency websites you know is this data accurate these 500 you know pieces of data are on this one contract how accurate is it you know how good is it i mean how are auditors helping to make sure that this stuff is is correct or you know what's the is there direct correlation there
1: well you know those are a lot of the thoughts that people are thinking about uh the you know the multitude of visitors that go to USA spending are certainly thinking those questions, which is, am I looking at accurate and reliable information? Right. And so that's why things like the Data Act and, uh, you know, other um, audit procedures are really important to include within any transparency process or any financial reporting process. Without a doubt, there's um, accurate financial information that originates from all agencies. So yeah. it's not all inaccurate. Of course. But. Um, <laughs> But there's an important role that federal auditors place in helping to track back that financial information back to source records, Mm -hmm. or really look at the process, the business process and the flow of information through objective third party eyes Mm -hmm. to see whether or not there could be any gaps to improve those internal controls and to be able to improve the flow of information.
0: Right. So why don't we turn to some of the technologies and things that are happening you know how 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 are you all equipped to to audit these new things so just throwing something out there so robotics this is a big thing now robotic process automation several agencies have started to do it you know what do you guys do when you come across that how do you audit something like that
1: sure well uh i'll talk to you a little bit about auditing robotics but certainly Mm -hmm. we've been including robotics and uh, automation within our audit process so it's kind of two steps Uh, heidi why don't you talk a little bit about uh robotics within the audit process
2: Sure, yes. There's um, many tools that we're able to use in the audit realm to assist us from the um, audit perspective. You know, historically, we've you know always obtained populations, we'll mm-hmm. select samples, and we're looking at subsets of information to try to gain that insight. Um, By leveraging new tools and robotics um, and technology, we are able to provide um, and gain much further insight by analyzing entire populations. It Mm. really allows us to um, hone in on risk areas, um, to identify anomalies based on Certain specific considerations, which really allow us to enhance our risk assessment process. Um, this yeah. allows us to direct our attention um, and spend more time on the potential issues that could be impacting our departments and, and our audit clients. So right. instead of asking lots of the questions, you know, does A match B, we're asking, you know, what is the uh, more uh, critical underlying information that's really feeding into this? You know, this looks like an outlier. Where should we focus our attention? Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a strong benefit of that is then providing further insight to um, the client as well as to the community. We're really able to kind of focus our attention. And by having these different tools that can help us identify those anomalies, it helps us um, better direct ourselves. And so that can be leveraging different tools that are out there from a predictive perspective Mm -hmm. um, as well as uh, gaining some efficiencies, um, as you'd mentioned before, even leveraging bots or other Mm -hmm. items like that to remove some of the remediation tasks to really allow our hmm. professionals to focus their time and energy on the more critical or, um, I'd say, uh, you know, subjective areas sure. um, to, to really focus our attention and, and to uh, better kind of direct what we are doing.
0: Okay. So you're yeah. saying you would actually use a tool to physically say, here's my data set. I need to perform these 10 tests. These three could just be automated because it's a simple check. And then you, you program the bot to do the thing.
2: Correct. Those are some things that we're wow. working on. A okay. lot of it, um, from we want to make sure we test and we understand. So a lot of it is operational to make sure we get our correct familiarity, because mm-hmm. we want to make sure that technology is in the hands of um, people with the appropriate knowledge and skill mm-hmm. sets. Of course, because you know technology can um, be. It, you know used uh in inappropriate ways that people aren't well knowledged on that mm-hmm. so we have a strong focus on the training and the information um, around those tools but it's really allowing us to gain exposure to those which then gives us um, knowledge on the tools themselves and better helps us have those conversations with the client because we have seen those tools, we've seen those opportunities, we can know the pitfalls and, and the ways to deal with them mm. um, to then better direct our, our time and energy and, and provide that kind of background yeah. to the client as well. That makes yeah.
0: sense because you're using it and then you're actually using it to audit and then they're using it to run their process. So as you said, you're familiar with the tool, you know what might, you know, what, what, what well some issues that may happen or things that pitfalls, as you say. I like yeah, I like yeah, that.
1: And that's exactly why I was why I wanted Heidi to answer that first mm-hmm. because as auditors, we're not just simply um, you know, looking at a business process or looking at the implementation of technology without already having done it ourselves. And that's why um, we've been working just as much as the CFO community mm-hmm. on implementing and incorporating automation into our audit process, which I think has really helped us as an audit community to best understand Mm -hmm. how to be able to design the right framework, how to design the right internal controls, and how to test and evaluate those uh, robotics and those bots as they're being implemented within your business process. So, um, you know, Heidi mentioned earlier a little bit about standards. We, you know, There there aren't standards per se right. specific to the implementation of bots within a financial management process, but uh, we really use a lot of corollaries as we're looking at things like that. So as we're looking at the implementation of robotics within a financial management process, you can really glean a lot from the uh, system development lifecycle. Mm-hmm. And, and that certainly helps to be able to indicate a lot of the steps where you're looking at risks around access, you're looking at... Um, change management controls mm-hmm. that exist around the use of the bot, as well as one of the things that we obviously want to look at is what do you do and what is the CFO organization done in order to be able to subject the bot to learning hmm. in order to make sure that it's performing in an accurate way each and every time. Uh, you want to subject that bot to testing by throwing example information to it But just like some of the literature that's been out there where it talks about the bot as a person and uh, the bot as a new human resources element, you've got to continue to monitor the bot's performance. You've got to evaluate and look to see whether or not the bot hasn't slipped. Really, not that the bot would change, but more that your business process, or the information you're throwing at the bot Mm -hmm. might have changed. And the bot may not understand how to be able to respond or react to it. Right. So, <clears throat> many organizations, and we included as we've implemented robotics, have really set a minimum accuracy level. Hmm. The bot has to be performing within this accuracy band. And for a high-performing organization, that band should be pretty narrow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pretty close to 100 percent.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, in accuracy. But then if that or falls below what the minimum requirement is that you permit within your organization, you've got to potentially do things like you might do with an employee who's not performing mm-hmm. at their peak. You need to be able to take the bot offline. You might need to be able to subject it to additional remedial training. Um, you might need to be able to change the code, the underlying code. Yeah. Obviously, with the appropriate level of internal controls, as you do so, but then make sure that you're satisfied that the bot can then return back into service. So you know, these are some of the things that are really important to have conversations around, right. um, and and really you know include the auditors in on these conversations as they're preparing for and completing their tests. Uh, but more importantly, I was even talking to one of my um, uh, audit clients in the CFO community just recently, saying, "Look, it, it's it's really exciting to experiment in this area, but." Don't wait till the last minute to tell your auditors that you're getting Mm. ready to go live with a new tool. Right. Because an auditor certainly needs, especially your financial statement auditor, needs to be uh, plugged in and understanding how your business process might change. Because the incorporation of a bot in the business process is a very exciting thing for all of us, but it's certainly something that will change the mechanisms and the way that we conduct our tests. And we need to have enough time to be able to prepare for and, and be ready. Right. For that change in business process, yeah.
2: I will say one of the most um, critical things. I think there's, you know, lots of language and jargon out there, and it can be, you know. Uh, Scary for people to enter into it and think there's a lot of unknowns. But at the end of the day, I mean, the most critical part is the internal controls around these items. Mm-hmm. As Andrew said, still change management. That's something we've always had in the IT environment. And controls. Um, I think it's, you don't want to do an appropriate reliance. I've created this, I've set it up, let's run and never look at it again. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, what is the outcome that this bot has provided? Somebody should be reviewing it, somebody mm-hmm. should be analyzing it. Mm-hmm. So the, the core underlying um, kind of principles that we need to audit and manage needs to be comfortable are still there. There's still mm-hmm. the basic controls that need to be around these items. So I don't want people to, you know, get nervous at the, the topic. This is something brand new. We, you know, they can't be handled. Um, I think it's just remembering core, taking those core principles of, of the controls associated with it and making sure that that is a part of the process that sure. um, the companies are embedding.
0: Right. So, and you kind of alluded to it already, but, I mean, you know, what what does a CFO need to think about, you know, before, you know, when, when they implement something like this, you know, as far as auditors are concerned, just to give them advance notice or to be, be prepared to sit down and really go through something in much more detail? It's a new, a new you know, technology, new tool. I mean, what's what's your CFOs be thinking about?
1: Uh, well, I'd say that, you know, much like they might do as they're getting ready to implement a new accounting system, mm-hmm. uh, Im- the implementation of a new technology is, is something that, the leading CFO organizations are including and notifying the audit community early on in the process. Mm-hmm. Heidi had mentioned that you know, just a few minutes ago. I think that's a really critical point, is just to keep open lines of communication. Right. Um, you, know, you certainly know what you know. Hopefully the auditors are gonna be able to provide you insights on what you may not know or what you may not be thinking about mm-hmm. in the system development process or in the uh, development and implementation of new technologies. So that'd be one of yeah. the things, is keep those open and clear lines of communication going with the audit community. Uh, a, a lot can be solved through really good, candid conversations, holding back information or not providing it until the very last minute could certainly um, inhibit sure. some of the input that, uh, and, and really good insights that the audit community can provide to a CFO.
2: I also think um, the government is in a very uh, unique and lucky position to be able to embrace these types of um, technologies and considerations. uh, Something in just a a comparison to the commercial realm, by having standard chart of accounts, by having standard sets of financial statements for where things map, there is um, great opportunity for automation in these items. It's not open for interpretation Uh, potentially all put expenses in this line there's you know very structured rules um, that you know are followed through crosswalks and other items so I think if the CFO community and clients um, are very open-minded there's lots of opportunities out there and there's just great um, opportunities because of the standardization from the federal perspective right Uh, I think that's why we've been able to leverage so much you're able to say it's a standard chart of accounts when it once it can be mapped it can be um you know automated from a macro perspective or other items that multiple agencies can use because the same rules need to be followed so right. there's a great standardization that can be leveraged and really used in the federal environment that i think often people you know think it's different set of data Mm or information might um, not be as broad but that standardization really provides a lot of opportunity for the automation that i think um, the the communities can embrace so having the cfo communities as well as the departments um, think about those opportunities and just be open-minded for the um, potential options are out there i think is, is a huge benefit to them and connected mm-hmm.
1: to that, I think, is really the opportunity for federal agencies to collaborate right. really closely together. Um, you know, as Heidi was mentioning, there's a lot of standardization in business processes. It's It's easy for you to think that what you do is unique, but at the end of the day, especially from a financial management perspective, there's a lot of commonality. And so if a CFO out there at the federal level is looking to be able to stand up their own process on their own without collaborating and communicating with some of the real leaders within government or certainly within some of the centers of excellence like uh Mm -hmm. treasury sure um and the innovation team over at treasury they're doing some amazing things over there i know they've been Mm -hmm. uh, john hill and others have been uh, prior guests of yours but uh, certainly involving and leveraging uh the work of others and and the actions of the rest of the community because i think that that would help to make sure that you're not creating something in a stovepipe you're not creating something on your own, but you're certainly leveraging the best experiences of the CFO community. And, um, and I think that's probably also gonna reduce the input that the auditor may have. Because mm-hmm. if it's already been tested once, it's you've seen certain, it before. You've seen it before.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's great to say, hey, you know, agency X implemented this. It was audited. It passed the audit, or it didn't pass, and here was the issue. So now I learn from what I want to implement it at my agency, you know. Right. And also all the accreditation and the you know the CIO shop CISO stuff that has to go through as well. Learn from those, you know, from those uh, hurdles, I guess. Absolutely. So, so uh, I want to touch on one other technology, which is going to kind of lead me into skill sets. But um, so I know blockchain, hot topic. Probably something that's not really being used quite as much yet in the government, but um, you know, what, was, what does a firm like KPMG do when you know uh, they they, th- they think in the future, okay, blockchain might be coming, it might be be used soon. How do you prepare for something like that, some a newer technology like that?
1: Sure. Well, you know, blockchain. Uh, there are certainly some use cases going on within government, uh, and obviously the most uh, commonly known you know use of blockchain is around cryptocurrencies, right. and certainly the government's already you know. <clears throat> involved in some of the regulations around, sure. and uh, certainly has received some blockchain uh, through some of its responsibilities in protecting the United States. So, mm-hmm. uh, blockchains out there, cryptocurrencies are out there, or digital currency, I guess sure. is a better term. Yeah, uh, but you know the way that auditors and the way that the audit community is is really dialed into that is by staying current on the new technologies. Mm. Um, it's critical that we stay a student of the industry and a student of technology, just like everyone else. We've got to stay current, we've got to be plugged into some of the new ways that technology are transforming um, business and government. And and also not just focus on the innovations that are going on within government, but the innovations that are going on in the corporate sector, Mm -hmm. as well as the innovations that are going on globally too, because eventually some of those will come onto our shores as well. So really, keeping an open mind and an open lens towards all the different things that are going on. So specific within blockchain, it's important to stay current, Uh, be familiar with the technology, have a working understanding about what it is. So that way you can be aware about ways that it could be connected into the business process. Um, And also you'd be familiar with the information as it um, is being used or as it might be implemented Mm -hmm. by a federal agency or by a
0: client. Yeah, because I heard an interesting use case about blockchain, so, you know, what about using it for property accountability, mm-hmm. you know, you know the first use of it and all the different places along the chain when it was used and who, who it was transferred to and, you know, hopefully you could audit that chain of custody, so to speak, but you have to understand the, you know, the code or the technology piece a- of it.
1: Absolutely. You certainly have to understand what it is and, and yeah. the audit community is certainly investing in, you know, technologies and tools to be able to assist in looking at information that resides on a blockchain. Uh, there's a lot of complexities within specific within the blockchain technology yeah. uh, you know is it a public blockchain is it an internally used blockchain you know at the end of the day i i look at blockchain really at the end of the day is as a as a large database sure and so as you look at a large database you've probably been in a position of managing a large database you've been involved in auditing i certainly been involved mm-hmm. in auditing a large database so some of those same techniques and some sure. of the ways that you would approach the auditing of information that resides within a database or are some of the foundations that we would use as auditors when approaching audits of the general blockchain technology. Right. Uh, But we need to stay current and we need to stay informed and at the same time make sure that we continue those investments and new tools to use to understand and evaluate information that resides out there.
0: Sure. Because at this point, I mean, you know, auditing data out of financial systems, you know, it's been done. We've been there, done that. It's not that complicated anymore. You do your IT kind of controls testing. You do your testing over the, the data itself, but then at mm-hmm. some point blockchain just be another mechanism, another platform that exactly. this data resides on. And so it's similar approach, Correct. really. Just understanding what may be unique or different about the technology, but you know, it's still basically a database or a ledger, right? Mm-hmm. So.
1: Sounds like you're ready to become an auditor with us. Hey, all right, I'm like jumping in there. <laughs> ready to come on board. <laughs> uh,
0: so let's talk a little bit about uh, so skill sets. Sure. You know, So if you want to be an auditor in 2019, you know, what What should you be, uh, you know, going to school for? What should we be learning these days?
2: Um, definitely, I'd say, the as you'd mentioned, we, you know, still have our foundations of what is the normal audit. So sure. making sure we understand our debits and credits and our backgrounds associated with it. Um, but I will say getting into the kind of DNL, DNA realm mm-hmm. and getting associated with the information information, um, it it is always helpful to be a student of the industry learning something new. So one, for people to be open-minded and um, getting familiar with new tools and technology. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say at the end of the day, the outcome of that data still has the underlying core information of um, how to perform analyses and sure. analytics right sure. you still need to be able to interpret that data mm-hmm. um, need to understand what those outputs are um, so you can validate it so you can test it so you can be um, you can gain insights into what you're actually receiving it's great if you have an output report but if you don't really understand what that means or what information is providing you um, you're not really able to better direct yourself um, I think a lot of these uh, machine learnings and AI items can provide um, some great output but if you don't understand kind of what it is you know explaining to you um you're not really able to uh I guess, process it and, and utilize it. Um, and then the second side is still how important it is to be able to then convey that information and present those, um, those results. Uh, I think a lot of us mm-hmm. think, you know, accountants and auditors are in the numbers and kind of just work writing on paper, but there's so much from presenting the information, explaining it in a clear and concise manner, so it's still extremely important from um, how to articulate what you've learned mm-hmm. and how to present those. So um, though the industry is changing and some of the tools we have, I think the underlying skills are still very relevant between um, just being able to have the analytical skills and the kind of interpretation and presentation skills associated with uh, presenting that information.
1: Yeah. Right. I think that's that's perfect, Heidi. And, uh, you know, I get a chance to talk to a number of different students that we're, you know, interacting with through our campus recruiting programs. And, and at the end of the day, you're right. It, it's important that they maintain vigilance and focus on those core accounting skills
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, if they want to pursue a career of financial auditing. But um, really, it's not as much about being proficient on a single tool. Mm -hmm. I think, just as Heidi had said, it's really about that mindset. You know, it's about having an appreciation for um, digging into information, or digging into data to try to be able to provide information. And so understanding how to be able to use those, how to be able to use common data visualization or visual um, analytics tools is really great, but you know, that's temporary mm-hmm. because those tools may change over time. Oh yeah, right. Um, so you've got to continue to pursue that passion of lifelong learning in order to stay current on technology. Um, so, But then also having a real understanding about information systems, because yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the development and implementation of an information technology and information system. So being connected not only with the core accounting skills, but also then how technology can help to be able to enhance that uh, performance of accounting operations is really important as well.
0: Right. I mean, it seems like, I don't know, this is my thoughts as far as the evolution of auditors, but I mean, when I first started off, I was actually an auditor. Um, And you know, I I I wasn't even an accountant. Mm -hmm. I came from a kind of a liberal arts background. But, you know, I was taught the audit program, the audit, the methods, the, you know, the standards and just analytical skills, as you said. Um, Then I, you know, went to the CPA direction because, you know, that's obviously a subject matter coming after that. But over the years, I've noticed that you really have to know way more about information technology and those those types of controls. You know, your segregation of duties, your Mm -hmm. access controls, because it is relevant to the actual financial data, you know, what, what it's affecting that. Do you feel like there's a next wave coming that you really should have some basic skills in, I don't know, coding or computer science concepts beyond just, you know, what, what, I mean, I think a lot of younger folks come out of school have those, you know, they're kind of getting those, those concepts, but I think, you know, it seems like we're moving that way.
1: Oh, I think so. And, um, you know, I think all of those things that you just talked about would be great, uh, attributes for somebody to be able to have as they enter into their professional career yeah. but i can tell you that that's not just happening at the college level that's happening as early as elementary oh, school sure. i have, <laughs> I have kids, kids in my county schools yep. and you know they're learning coding already in fact my daughter she's in girl scouts and you know she's uh, been working on coding there as well there so you go. it's amazing how technology and and some of that basic use of technology is being incorporated into all levels of education.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it's important not to ignore that aspect when somebody's in business school and yeah. certainly when somebody's in an accountancy program.
0: Yeah, I mean, 10 to 20 years, I mean, maybe the vast majority of the accounting functions are all, are all automated. You know, so if you don't understand that, how are you supposed to audit it? I mean, I, I know the basic concepts, but you know, at some point the technology will outstrip you if you don't keep up with it. So, right.
1: and then as Heidi said, you also have to be able to communicate that information as well. So at the end of the day, yeah. Uh, even if the technology uh, you know moves more towards automation, uh, being able to understand what insights are there, what breakdowns in those internal controls exist, mm-hmm. and and really sitting down with the CFO community and helping them to understand where the process improvements need to be, uh, That's really the role that we can serve and that um, as auditors, it's important that people focus on the communication aspect of that, both written and verbal communication to make sure that we're presenting those insights in a clear and concise way that's actionable by the CFO community.
0: Right.
2: And I would agree. I definitely think it's getting more ingrained in school and Kind of the curriculum that everybody's being exposed to, but there's a little bit of a gap, right? You know, I I didn't grow up in the same um, education system from that perspective. Of course, we learn general information system, but not to the level I think is done now. And I think um, something we're always very focused on is just ensuring one to be aware that potentially that if that knowledge gap is there, that we have the right resources and specialists to help assist us and facilitate us in those situations, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm not an expert, but I'm very lucky to be surrounded by coworkers that do have that background i know the resources that i can go to so definitely suggest that for the cfo and government communities as well um you don't know what you don't know but there are great resources out there in you know the auditor realm the consulting realm that can help provide that and bridge that gap i think until the main workforce has that underlying information. So, though um, I think we're getting there, and it's very true, I think in the next decade it will be just a part of the standard curriculum and knowledge base that people have. I think it's just um, knowing that those resources are available to help educate people and get people in the um, right realm to have that skill set to to understand, articulate, discuss, and, and provide that information.
1: And one of the things that we're doing at KPMG to keep those investments in our people is, um, you know, the career track and the career development track for our audit professionals is, of course, first getting their CPA. That's the, that's the first foundation mm-hmm. credential that we look for, and we make a lot of investments and programs to help support them along that path. Next stop is uh, credentialing within the industry. So we encourage and help support our individuals to be able to study for things like the AGA's uh, um, CGFM. Uh, That's a really important certification that we place a lot of value in as a firm, and we know the industry places a lot of value in as well. But then once they've gotten their industry credential like CGFM, then we look to be able to help them get things like the CISA, the Certified Information Systems Auditor Credential, because that, just as we've been talking about here, is a critical way to be able to make sure that we fill in those gaps or enhance the knowledge of our auditors because so much technology is integrated within the financial management community as well as, of course, then within the audit community as well.
0: Right. You yeah, know, I'll be curious in uh, maybe 10, 20 years when uh, Alexa and Google are our financial system. <laughs> hey, Alexa, you know, buy me a battleship and then it suddenly shows up. and. <laughs> It's all behind the scenes. How do you audit that? <laughs> so you have the algorithm or something, you know, have, have some interesting skills at that point.
1: Well, hopefully if you're <laughs> buying a battleship on Google or Amazon, hopefully that's going to set up a few bells and whistles somewhere.
0: <laughs> Might be a fraud indicator there. All right. Well, I appreciate uh, you all joining me today. This was great. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to see what, what the future holds for us here. So, uh, again, thanks very much for, uh, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Head on over to agacgfm.org to see all of our podcasts. Or you can always download it on iTunes or the podcast app. So until next time, this is Paul Marshall signing off for Accountability Talks with AGA.